0: ...heeping feebly and wandering from side to side... ...to find some place where they would not be trodden on. Clover made a sort of wall round them with her great foreleg... ...and the ducklings nestled down inside it... ...and promptly fell asleep. At the last moment, Molly, the foolish pretty white mare... ...who drew Mr Jones's trap, came mincing daintily in... ...chewing at a lump of sugar. She took a place near the front and began flirting her white mane hoping to draw attention to the red ribbons it was plaited with. Last of all came the cat, who looked round, as usual, for the warmest place, and finally squeezed herself in between Boxer and Clover. There she purred contentedly throughout Major's speech, without listening to a word of what he was saying. All the animals were now present, except Moses, the tame raven, who slept on a perch behind the back door. When Major saw that they had all made themselves comfortable, and were waiting attentively, he cleared his throat and began. "'Comrades, you have heard already about the strange dream that I had last night, but I will come to the dream later. I have something else to say first. I do not think, comrades, that I shall be with you for many months longer.' And before I die, I feel it my duty to pass on to you such wisdom as I have acquired. I've had a long life. I've had much time for thought as I lay alone in my stall. And I think I may say that I understand the nature of life on this earth as well as any animal now living. It is about this that I wish to speak to you. Now, comrades, what is the nature of this life of ours? Let us face it. Our lives are miserable, laborious, and short. We are born, we're given just so much food as will keep the breath in our bodies, and those of us who are capable of it are forced to work to the last atom of our strength. And the very instant that our usefulness has come to an end, we're slaughtered with hideous cruelty. No animal in England knows the meaning of happiness or leisure after he is a year old. No animal in England is free. The life of an animal is misery and slavery. That is the plain truth. But is this simply part of the order of nature? Is it because this land of ours is so poor that it cannot afford a decent life to those who dwell upon it? No, comrades, a thousand times no. The soil of England is fertile. Its climate is good. It is capable of affording food in abundance to an enormously greater number of animals than now inhabit it. This single farm of ours would support a dozen horses, twenty cows, hundreds of sheep, and all of them living in a comfort and a dignity that are now almost beyond our imagining. Why, then, do we continue in this miserable condition? Because nearly the whole of the produce of our labour is stolen from us by human beings. There, comrades, is the answer to all our problems. It is summed up in a single word. Man. Man is the only real enemy we have. Remove man from the scene, and the root cause of hunger and overwork is abolished forever. Man is the only creature that consumes without producing. He does not give milk. He does not lay eggs. He is too weak to pull the plough. He cannot run fast enough to catch rabbits. Yet he is lord of all the animals. He sets them to work. He gives back to them the bare minimum that will prevent them from starving. And the rest he keeps for himself. Our labor tills the soil. Our dung fertilizes it, and yet there is not one of us that owns more than his bare skin. You cows that I see before me, how many thousands of gallons of milk have you given during this last year? And what has happened to that milk which should have been breeding up sturdy calves? Every drop of it has gone down the throats of our enemies. New you hens... How many eggs have you laid in this last year? And how many of those eggs ever hatched into...